Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code STEVE, S-T-E-V-E. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on pulpmx.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show, Bud's Creek Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. Thank you for BTO Sports for coming on board and, and being a big part of this. Remember to uh, punch in the code Steve and save yourself some money. Uh, and it uh, works perfectly today. Nice lead-in because on the line with me is uh, BTOsports.com BBMX star rider, Jason Thomas. JT, what's up? Uh, uh, yeah, not star rider, but definitely on that team, so. Okay. Wow, yeah. Uh, and also, um, the other uh, amigo here is uh, my boss, Racer X's online editor, and your announcer for the outdoor series, Jason Wygant. Weege, what's up? Why are we doing this on a Wednesday, not a Tuesday, Stephen? I'm very, very sorry. We had phone problems yeah. yesterday. I'm very sorry. Okay, well, we'll come around Christmas bonus time. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, okay, well, first of all, Bud's Creek, uh, what a... What a day, man. Timmy Ferry catching Kevin Windham uh, in that first moto, uh, making the pass at the bottom of the hill by the mechanics area and uh, wait, taking, wait, 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 taking wait. off for the win. That was 10, that was ten years ago. <sighs> that was 10 years ago. Well, a lot of, a lot of time I'm, when I think of Bud's Creek, I think of that. It's a good day. Almost 10 years ago, man. Like, that's a decade. I mean, if you want to do, you know, that's 10 seasons ago. That's... Yeah, I know. And the thing is that I think in 03 when he won, people were impressed because they were like, wow, Timmy's one of the older guys out here Yeah, getting a Moto win. Yeah, who knows that he would already suck balls, go to Moto Triple X, uh, and then come back as a carry factory rider and win Washougal in a dominating fashion. For testing purposes. Yeah. Good job on that. That was one of your big, one of your big misses. Remember Jim that? Holly agreed. Remember that, JT? I remember. I was there. Yep. Tim Kawasaki oh. hiring Tim Ferry for testing purposes to iron the bike out for James Stewart. Oh, jeez. Again. Hey, have another riders and Stewart's team being testing guinea pigs is not that far out of the equation. All right, let's move on. Uh, JT, um, not a successful Buzz Creek for you, 33-24. Um, yeah, first moto was a disaster. It wasn't really my fault. Uh, we had a bunch of bike problems that I, I probably should have just pulled off, but there was I just figured I'd ride it, ride it out. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, 33 wasn't really indicative of what you know happened out there. So, second moto was a little bit better. Uh, obviously, not good, but um, you know, just baby steps right now. If I can just creep into the points, that's what I'm aiming for. What about your starts? Do you want to talk about your starts some more? Not really. No. Okay. No, I feel like I took plenty of. Uh, you know, you lectured me plenty on Monday, so. All right. Good with it. You just got to get those starts. Um, JT, I think that this weekend, did we see the best track of the year prep-wise? Uh, I think so. I, it's my favorite. Um, you know, obviously Red Bull will be really good, but uh, I wish they would make it a little bit more, uh, a little bit softer at the beginning of the day so they didn't have to make it so muddy for the motos, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever. You know, they're – that's what they think is the best idea. So, what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, everybody's got to ride on the same track. Is what my dad used to say. Yeah, no, it, it, that's true. I just think it could be better. You know, just because everyone has to ride the same track doesn't mean it couldn't be better. So, all right. Well, yeah, when, when you have perfect weather, I feel like you can make the track perfect. You can make the track, you know, amazingly good. And I feel like it could have been better. So, talk that's about it. talk about perfect weather, man. Every race this year has been great. Even Texas wasn't that hot. Just, nope. Yeah, it's been good, right? Um, I, I couldn't imagine a better day than, than Saturday. Like, I, I was just, 
you know, in between motos, I was sitting like in the, or I think before the first moto, I was sitting in a chair outside the truck, just like, man, it's nice out, you know? Like, yeah. it's a perfect day to be outside and enjoying it. So. Yeah, nice cool. little wind blowing on, you know? Nice. How did you enjoy it, Weege, in the trailer? <laughs> a little bit frosty, a little cold. <laughs> Seems to be, forecast is set at about 67 every weekend. I don't know what the problem is. It's right. summertime. They could be warmer at these tracks. What uh, what can we do about Jamie Beswick? Why can't? Bring him on to more races, right? You mean because he's awesome? I mean, I can see his availability. If that's what you're getting at. There seems like, like how a, many more can he do? Is that what you mean? There seems like a public outcry right now. He's back for Redbud, so I hope people, hope the fans are happy. Oh, he's coming um, back, yeah. Yeah, well, we have three NBC shows. Uh, Redbud and Unadilla are the other two, so he'll be back for those. Then he's going off to the Olympics. I don't know. Maybe people will be rooting for him in the, to, in the Olympics just because they're like, if he's here, he's not there. Right. Um, I watch the shows back, and um, I think the here's the, the biggest struggle. The worst thing to deal with as an announcer, whether you're the play-by-play guy or the color commentator, is a boring race. If you watch the 250 motos, I think you did a really good job. The problem is what we all run into is the how do you keep finding – good things to say about Ryan Dungey for two straight hours because he dominated two hour-long shows. And um, that's when you can start getting into trouble, um, like literally running out of things to say. We do it all the time, and he probably thinks about it a little less than we do. Um, you know, we're thinking about it every single day. What can you say about Dungey? So I think that was an unfortunate set of circumstances. I don't feel if you watch those 250 shows, although I know Kenny would disagree because he watched the first five minutes and tuned off, right? Well, he said he said that, but yet, strangely enough, he seemed to know later on as the show went on more and more of what Beswick said. Really? Yeah. Huh. Must have been texted to him or something. Yeah. Um, I feel in those 250 races where the racing was good, I think it did fine. The, the problem is when you get to those 450 races and nothing's going on, um, then it gets really hard to keep coming up with analysis. Um, there you go. He, he's not afraid to talk trash on people, though. Uh-huh. I feel like you can... You can have too much analysis, but if your analysis is wrong, it, doesn't, it just makes it worse. Well, that's what I mean. I feel like when it was the 450s, eventually it was like searching. Like, I don't have anything left to say. And then you start yeah. coming up with things, and then they're usually not so good. That's the problem. <laughs> like, I've already said the seven <laughs> things that I have to say now. What do I do now? I better make something up quick. Right. Um, and uh, it was not good. Help me out here, uh, Weege. Did Dungey beat up on everybody this bad in 2010? Was it this ugly? Actually, um, uh, I did a little research. It's yes and no. Points-wise, yes. I, I'm surprised to see this. He's a 54-point lead right now. After five rounds and 10, he had a 51-point lead. So it's almost identical. Okay. Um, but the difference was Reed was still in at that point. Remember Reed had a DNS at high point? Right. Um, front brake locked up or something like that, right? Yeah, break, he broke so I think, from break line, yeah. Right, so I think the points were really stretched out because of a few things like that, but you still thought, well, I mean, Reed's defending champ, he's still in this, anything can happen. You know, you didn't think Dungey was necessarily going to dominate, whereas now I think you do kind of feel that way. You're like, well, unless Stewart comes back, it's pretty bad. I don't think this early in 2010 you thought Dungey was going to win whatever he won, what, nine of 12 races? Yeah, I think it just speaks to how – we now know how good he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So now we're all just like, oh, my God. He's just going to – I mean, he. It, it was – It was. I wrote in Racerhead or somewhere. Can't keep track of all the stuff I do, but I wrote that Dungy, if he's going to get beat, could maybe get beat at Buds. He doesn't always go strong there. You remember him struggling a bit here and there, lights class, 450 class. Maybe it can happen this weekend if it's going to happen. And I mean, Actually, in 2010, he got a short one moto there. Yeah, short, short one. He, and then uh, yeah. he couldn't get by someone forever in 2010. Like, he had to settle for a second or a third when he was all over somebody. Or I don't know, but I, I looked silly with that prediction because, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't even funny this weekend. It was ridiculous. 10 seconds after 10 minutes, 20 seconds after 20 minutes, 30 seconds after 30 minutes. You know? It was, uh, I don't know. I guess. Uh, yeah. I guess we just have to. Praise him, and like you said, well, again, you run out of things to say. But uh, I thought his bike looked good. 
I know Jason JT. That was something that we talked about. Um, I thought his bike looked good this weekend compared to say Michael Essie, who I thought looked like a handful. It's just what do you say? The guy looks like he's cruising. Yeah, just uh, solid performance. Um, you know, and I told you a little bit about what I thought on Monday. I really felt like um, I, I was impressed by at the end of the moto. By the time he got to lap me, he was still trying so hard. Uh-huh. And I mean, I could. You know, I could tell he had a huge lead because I kind of, I didn't want to be in the way, so I, I took a glance back to see if anybody else was coming. And obviously there was nobody, you know, even in the same realm he was. And then I kind of focused back on him, just trying to learn something on the track, if I could, where he's going, whatever. And he was he was pushing so hard still. So I was like, man, this guy's going for it. Like, that's, yeah. you know. And then when I reflected back on it, it was pretty impressive that he was still putting that much effort in and trying to, you know, build fitness and, and be stronger and you know he was just trying to punish those guys and honestly it was kind of uh it reminded me the more i think about it it, it reminds me of what ricky used to try to do to those guys uh-huh. he would try to embarrass everyone i mean he would be just laying it down at the end of the moto just be like i'm gonna put a minute into these guys i'm gonna make everyone look so bad you know and it just seemed like that killer mentality uh that that's that was just the thing i thought of when i was watching it what, did Ricky win this bad? I feel like he didn't. Maybe my memory is, oh, yeah. maybe my memory is oh, going yeah. away. But did he win this bad? I mean, didn't he? I thought maybe he cruised a little bit when he got in the front. Uh, if, you, if you took out, you know, there was times where he had a lot of competition. Ricky was, you know, I'm sorry, uh, James was strong at times. Chad was strong at times. But the motos when Ricky was really on, and he would just crush everyone. I mean, I'm talking gone, gone, gone. Where yeah. he didn't have to, he would just keep pushing and pushing. Right. I guess it gets to a point. Uh, where, I think. Yeah. Well, now we're debating what you know. What is gone? Is it? What's the difference between forty seconds and a minute, or you know what I mean, like or whatever? Yeah. Well, like the take your very example, the race where he lapped everyone. I mean, he was still going for it, trying to put a lap on everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a three minute lead. You know. Yeah. But he was still like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna embarrass everyone. I'm gonna lap the whole field. You know. Right. I just think Ricky was Ricky was I don't I don't want to say vindictive but because that's not the right word it was just he was vicious like that where he was like you guys I'm gonna make you look as bad as possible and show you how good I am I just feel like the that was the mentality he had and I see that a little bit in Dungey where he's just trying to you know put a stamp on every time he wins to prove you know that you know sometimes I feel like when you the comments you've made in the past where you're like, well, he's the slowest out of the top four or something like that. I think that stuff creeps into his psyche and at times like that. He's just like, let's just kill these guys. You know, we've got them on the ropes. Let's just knock them out right here. Yeah. Well, certainly when him and Villapoto were going at it last summer, I mean, they had a minute on anybody, everybody else. Yeah. You yeah. know? But it's, it's easy to do that when you're battling with someone. You don't have a choice. You've right. got to go. I mean, you can't even slow down for half a second. But when you've got when your pit board says plus 35 on it, it's real easy to chill out, you know? Yeah. But he didn't, he didn't seem like he was doing that to me. Um, we, hey, I'm just impressed, uh, JT, that you um, looked over and saw him coming when he was creeping up from behind. Yeah, seeing as you've been effing everybody this year. <laughs> uh, well, you know, didn't, uh, I really didn't, I didn't feel like that I could affect the race, so I let it go. I only try to do it whenever I can make a real yeah, yeah. dent yeah. into what's going to happen. <laughs> Like, check this out. Watch this. Yeah. Yeah. If I can ruin the race, I'm, I'm in. Otherwise, you know, I'll just right. move over. Right. Um, I like to ruin the sport as a whole. <laughs> well, just like Wygant. Our, our sport. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Why is he doing this to my <laughs> to sport? To my sport, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brock Tickle. Holy shitballs. 2-2. Two, two. 450 class. Outdoors. Jesus. Who saw this coming, Wygant? Wow, huh? What a, what a, what a day. What a ride. Hey, in his interview at the end of the first moto, he said, this is like my home track. I grew up riding here. Did anyone know that coming into this race? <laughs> no, the, Bar- the Brock Tickle Bud's Creek uh, domination just wasn't on the same level as a Dowd and Southwick thing. Yeah, yeah. No cl- he did have his only podium in a moto last year at the track, but I, I don't think anyone thought it was the track. It was more like he's supercross champ. He should have had many podiums mm-hmm. considering how good the rest of his team was doing. I don't think anyone thought it was, well, of course, Tickle isn't that good. He just only did well because he was at Bud's Creek. Yeah, yeah. 
time, I think it was like, well, he should be in third every weekend, right? So I don't know where this where this knowledge comes from all of a sudden. Bud's Creek master. Jeez, yeah. he he rode great though, man. Um, this has got to help him, JT, for next year, huh? He's looking for a 450 guy, for a 450 ride. Yeah, I would think so. Um, hopefully he can build on it. You know, I know he's obviously uh, he's been kind of up and down. You know, he had a great moto Colorado, and then yeah, is this been having a hard time following it up? So. Is this is this going to be the step he needs? Like, do you predict Red Bud? We see Brock Tickle uh, second or third. Uh, I think you very well could if he gets good starts again, which was. You know, a yeah, big, big thing. Key, I think um, you very well could. You know, confidence is a crazy thing. So, uh, you know, I'm sure he he's going to go into Red Bud thinking that's where he belongs. So, mm-hmm. I think it'll be you know it'll be very interesting for the rest of the season to see how he comes out of Red Bud because if he gets if he does well at Red Bud again, that ball could get rolling and then it, yeah. you know just it gets real easy at that point. Um, what tickle doesn't really have like. He's very, and I say this in the nicest way possible, very plain, nondescript out there. Oh, why again? Like, he's not, there's nothing you can really pick as a strength or a weakness of him. He's kind of just out there. Well, as a weakness, though, I've got to say, have you seen a rider who has had less good starts in for the amount of races? Like, how many times have you seen Tickle up front in the start ever yeah, in his no, career? no, you don't, you don't. Just about never. Like, okay, Mike LaRocco, obviously, maybe the worst. But, I mean, it, zero is zero. Like, zero good starts ever and zero good starts. Okay, so they're tied. Like, Ch- yeah, Chism's, those are the two best Chism's, starts he's probably ever gotten in two, to, in two consecutive motos. Chisholm's pretty bad this year, too. You know, I pay attention to him, ex-brand goggles. I, he hasn't been up on a start for a while. And, and I mean, not a lot of that is confidence, but. Well, I don't even mean this year. I mean, tickle ever. Yeah. Like, even the good races he's ever had in the past were usually – Coming on strong late, um, and last year, again, you know, right. the team he was on won all but one moto, but you never even saw him at the front. Yeah, uh, even off the start, and obviously those bikes are fast, so that's a big, it's a big obstacle to overcome. Can you believe Wygant that that was Michael Lessie's first ever podium at Bud's Creek? He'd never made a podium there, lights class or anything. Yeah, although you know what, um, I know you were saying it looked like the setup was off. I thought so, but. Yeah, and, and maybe that was part of it. But clearly he didn't ride um, Bud's Creek as well as he did High Point, for example. I mean, right. he did get on the podium there. But to me, it was maybe the the worst of the five races for him. Uh, well, Hang, Hangtown right. first motor was not good for him. And um, and then Colorado, he had some crashes, but he rode well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it still kind of shows. And, he, you know, Weimer edged him out for the podium in Moto 1. And then the overall came down to Weimer coughing up blood. Um, what he ended up going three, four, you know, so Mike was just stayed in it enough to get it. But I wouldn't say that it's like he went from sucking at Bud's Creek to Brock Tickle style, like owning it like Brock Tickle does. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, 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 apparently. Well, <laughs> Tickle owned it if, I mean, for everybody not named Ryan Dungey, Tickle owned it. Two, two, yes. dominating. Um, unfortunately, there was a KTM that was, you know, a minute ahead. Um, Is that, uh, as, <clears throat> can you, Still believe that you're saying those words? There was a KTM that was a minute ahead. Well, I, like, well, I, I can only because I got over the shock in Supercross. Like I was the I, I was the guy saying, "Brand new bike, new new team, Supercross, not gonna happen, gonna take a while." I was that guy. And then at the second race, he whole shot and checked out and won. Um, so I was the, I got over it in Supercross, but yeah, I was one of those guys. And I think it's easier, JT, correct me if I'm wrong, it's, it's easier to set a bike up for outdoors and Supercross. Uh, na- no, I think yeah. it if depends you- on your personnel. I mean, right. I just think I know, you, most, most suspension guys have more experience with outdoor stuff, but yeah. I think at the level they're at, you know, the guys that are setting his bike up have plenty of experience with both, so I don't yeah. think it's a huge difference. Well, I always just thought to myself, you know, Caroli and the guys in Europe have settings that work for motocross and... And they can always – that's ballpark, and then they can f- fine-tune it from there. Um, but it was the Supercross stuff that I was worried about. But clearly – Yeah, but I think I think yeah, they, yeah. the guys they brought in, you know, they brought in guys from Suzuki and whatever. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I think they they have a really good idea of what works in both. 
But I, I agree with you in most cases. Like, if you send your suspension off to some guy, you're going to have a much, you know, much better chance of being right on with outdoor stuff and supercross stuff right away. So I'd like I to. I think maybe in, in Ryan Dungey's case, it's not that big of a deal. I'd like to see if the, um, um, if the KTM stuff, the suspension stuff, how, how close it is to another brand because the, the Rob Hendrickson of RG3 does the, um, does the suspension. And, and I know from like KTM days, even when I was at KTM, you know, back at the turn of the century, wow, um, uh, their stuff was different. They're, even their forks, I mean, obviously we had no links, so there was two pistons in the shock and there was a, a, you know, a, a tapered rod that no one else had and there was a lot to do in the shock. But even the forks were a little different and a little funky and a little you know, WP. Remember when they called it White Power? Like, that's probably a good idea, changing that name, by the way. Uh, so I'd like to see if the new stuff, the 2012 stuff, if it, if it was a, if it's for Rob Hendrickson of RG3, if it's just like opening up a show or a KYB. I don't know. I wonder. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I don't know. Hey, do you remember when Suzuki came is, back? Isn't it right still White Power? And now you guys both talk at the same time. No, it's WP. They changed your name, WP. Okay, what is WP? I mean, never mind. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're gonna. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I it's hard to say if they're if it's the you know the same WP stuff that they've always had or if it's um mm-hmm. you know internally it could be anything. You know that's the great thing about you know what they're trying to do is they can have anything they want in there. So yeah. uh, I if I had to guess, I would say it's probably some kind of hybrid. You know. Um, well. With the steel, sure. you know, with the steel frame, they have big axles and they have big forks and a little different than a lot of the Japanese guys. So. Oh yeah, but I'm just saying, suspension-wise, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure WP has good ideas, you know, right. that they shared with them, and then I'm sure, uh, you know, Rob has ideas that he brought over from you know his, his years with Showa and, and Suzuki stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, I would imagine it's kind of a, there's some middle ground there. Uh, Justin Brayton did well. Jake Weimer did well, I think, considering especially he was coughing up blood at one point and was thinking about pulling off. We uh, Justin Brayton is uh, down in North Carolina right now. Um, he had his best race of the year, 5'8", fifth overall. Is this going to be the breakout? Is this it? We had a good talk with him before practice, but mostly it was about mountain biking. But uh, Yeah, and speaking of that tonight, big, big mountain bike Wednesday night mountain bike race. Really? I think he's gotten a couple of seconds here. I don't think he's gotten a win in the pro class yet, so yeah. bottom of the line here. It's this... 95 degrees here today, too. It's going to be a real test. Is this going to be Coy's nine-year-old kid blowing by you again? <sighs> yeah, unless I choose not to race. That seems to be the only way to prevent that from happening, <laughs> not participating. <laughs> but he, Coy's kid is badass. Coy Gibbs, huh? Like... He told me at the first one I went, I rode with him a couple times, and uh, then the first race, I was like, oh, you're going to race? How's it? How, how are you hoping to do? And he's like, Oh, if I don't win by 10 minutes, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> and I'm like, what age group are you in? And he's like 9 to 14. I'm like, well, aren't you 9? Yeah. But if he doesn't <laughs> win by 10 minutes against a 14-year-old, I mean, anyone who's been to, like, Loretta's or raced amateur moto, like, it's not supposed to work that way. Right. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. But still, I'm um, an adult. Still no excuse. <laughs> uh, but anyways, what about Brayton? Finally coming around, you think? I guess so. I mean, um... I would actually say that the results here, you know, he did get the whole shot get passed by a few guys, but I don't, besides the strange deal with Tickle, you know, I think it was now he was just getting passed by guys that even at his best, right. you know, I don't think anyone put him ahead of a Lessie or Weimer necessarily, you know, mm-hmm. maybe close, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much where he was. So I guess if he's finally where he normally should be, you kind of, the riders usually end up where they always are, right? I feel like a 5-8 day for Jesse Brayton is about right where he should be. Yeah, so I yeah. find it it seems more realistic that if 5.8 is where he should be, when he gets 5.8, he's going to go 5.8 again. Then he should be 5.8 and get 20th. Yeah. you got to figure eventually the averages always tend to work out. Yeah. yeah good Bizarre, point. though. Yeah, good point. You know, I was, uh, I was thinking that um, Brett Metcalf maybe isn't having as good of a year as he was last year, but thanks to you, Wygant, who have gone back and done some research – uh, Metcalf is only a few points shy of where he was last year at this time. I know, and you can slice that a couple of ways. You know, obviously there was there were a few other front runners in there last year. You know, so to score the exact same amount of points when 
Reed and Villapoto are there, maybe that means there is a drop-off. But for the most part, clearly the guy doesn't come on until the second half of the year. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you, do you, uh, what do you think about him? Like, what do you think about his season so far? Um, to be honest, I thought it would be better. Like, the points thing really surprised me. Right, right. Wow, he scored just as many points. You do have to remember also, last year he had had a wrist injury in Supercross, so I think there was a bit of a reason to be below par at the beginning of the year. Um, that wasn't the case this time. Um, and he's obviously not new to the bike like he was last year. Right. Not new to the team. So, yeah, I mean, when you saw him at uh, Hangtown, you know, maybe – right there with the best of the rest, maybe not quite Stuart Dungey, but right there with everyone else. Mm-hmm. You would expect him to be there every moto, but he really has not. He just hasn't been in that group the way you would thought. Uh, yeah, and Millsaps, what was the scoop on Millsaps? Why, Grant, did, did you talk to those guys? or I didn't really find out or talk to J-Bone or any of those guys too much about it. I thought you did an interview with both of them. I did an interview with Coy. I got nowhere with that. Uh, just... <laughs> Just I suck and I'm terrible and everything else. Um, we talked about his dad, and J Bone kind of just said, uh, you know, he was uh, he had an all right day. But wondering if you got any other scoop. I was hanging out there quite a bit yesterday, but it sure seems like this, the the story and the attention goes to Regal because at least Millsaps has had a decent run at the first race of the year, then got hurt and wasn't terrible here. But like the Regal thing, I think is taking the the lion's share of the what's going on this. Um, what uh, is going on? It seems like the conversation keeps drifting back to him. What is going on? I can say that um, our buddy Johnny O, the suspension guy, seems about as bummed now as he was back in Dallas when they realized the Stewart Supercross championship dreams were beginning to slip away from them. Like it was beginning to look like this may not actually happen. And <clears throat> I mean, the team was so fired up coming into the year with Stewart. And then, you know, the first couple of races, it's like, ah, weird things happen. We're, yeah. We, we, we we're, can still pull this out. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, by about halfway, I think reality was starting to sink in. And then, um, I, I don't know, now, now I see them kind of backward. <laughs> Back to the same feelings. Like, what is going on? Why is this guy getting 22nd? Mm-hmm. Is this us? Is this him? What's the problem? It's a bummer. What do you think, JT? Uh, I don't know. I, I defer to what he says, and he doesn't know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, when you guys talked to his dad on Monday, um, I think his dad made some good points about, um, you know, he's had no continuity as far as mm-hmm. bikes and teams and setup and confidence, and he hasn't had any of that. So just one change after another, and that tends to lead to lack of confidence, and then, you know, that just all snowballs into poor results. So. Uh, you see flashes of it, you know. Sometimes in time practice, he's really good, and then he'll have one good moto where he's battling with guys he should be, and then, you know, mm-hmm. another moto, you just have no idea what he's doing out there. Right. So, um, I don't know. It would be interesting to see if he can turn it around. Uh, you know, I know they've been working hard just because I, you know, I have a working relationship with those guys, so I know what's going on, and they're, you know, there's no quit or anything like that. They're still, you know, doing everything they can to right the ship. It's just... uh you know, like like Jason said, it gets hard to keep your head up when it's just you know beat down after beat down on your on your confidence and everything. And yeah. you know everybody's looking at each other like you know is it our fault? Is it your fault? You know somebody's got to do something here. So uh, I don't know. Obviously they're they're bombed. Hey guys, thanks for listening to these podcasts. They wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for BTOSports.com as well as the other advertisers. So I appreciate if you just listen to this. Deal with it. Order some stuff from BTO, and then we'll get right back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike car body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. 
While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. Andrew Short did not have a good day. Wow. Faded. Faded in that second moto from 5th to 10th. When was the last time that ever happened? He was yeah, not... he did not crash or anything, right? No. No, he was not no, good. I mean, we've seen Shorty... You know, I love Shorty, but we've definitely seen him, you know, lead races and finish fifth. Like, yeah. I hate to say it, he's gone backwards at times, but that's from first to fifth, which is a big difference in fifth to tenth. Yeah. Um, maybe he wasn't able to hold James Stewart back when he hole shot him, but you'd think if he did fifth, he'll finish at least there, if not better. Yeah. Not good. Um, uh, he's losing touch with what the is, What happened in the first moto to his bike? I don't know. I didn't ask. I should have. Nice reporter I am. The thing was steaming, right? Yeah, he's losing points from Tickle to uh, to, he's losing points to Alessi and Weimer. Bad, yeah, you know that's the group he wants to be in. And last two weeks, those guys have gapped him, so not good. Hey, if you're uh, JT, if you're Michael Alessi, he announced that he re-signed with Moto Concepts. Is that a good move? Could he have gotten another ride? I don't think so myself. But what do you think? Could he have held out for something? I think it was a good move. Yeah, quote unquote better. Uh, he could have held out. I just don't know where that would have got him. Right. Um, with the amount of guys that are up this year, contract-wise, and then there's guys moving up, too, like Dean Wilson and, and other guys to choose from, um, I would assume that Mike Genova really wanted him to stay because they're getting great results. Uh, mm-hmm. So he probably, you know, gave him a really good offer, and mm-hmm. they just have so much flexibility there with what they can do and Oh, we don't want to run that. We want to run this. Okay, no problem. You want, you want to try this? No problem. You know what I mean? They can do literally anything they want with a motorcycle. So that's a great thing, and I'm, I'm sure Tony loves being so hands-on with the program, and he can, you know, steer them in any direction he wants. And, uh, you know, obviously they have their, their own opinions on how things should work, and, and you know, I think there's a lot been a lot of head-butting with whoever the team manager <laughs> yeah. is at the time. So, you know, that takes all that out of the equation. And uh, from what I've gathered from Tony, they're really happy with the situation. They just have so much say in what goes on, and they can totally, can you know, they have 100% control of the program. And, uh, you know, when you have, you know, maybe they don't have all the resources, but, you know, they have money, which fixes a lot of problems. So, um, you know, they seem happy, and I'm sure if they weren't happy, they wouldn't have signed that early. Right. I have a theory that I was talking to Mathis about yesterday. Um, is it possible? I know no one on Vitalmex or any of the RaceRx comments or anything like that would ever agree with this. But isn't there actually a possibility that Mike actually is better off with Tony? I know that every armchair psychologist in the sport and Monday morning racer, he would be so much better if you just get rid of the dad. But isn't it possible that it actually doesn't work that way. And I have to admit, like this year, they're working as close as ever, and it's actually going quite well. Maybe that's not the answer. Maybe this is, maybe what Mike has done so far is what Mike's capable of. Like, it's almost like people say that he, he should be, say, winning like Villapoto did if he only didn't have his dad. And I'm not sure if that's a realistic expectation. Hmm. I think, I think that uh, you could be onto something there. I, I think he... I hesitate to use the word dependent on his dad because I don't think he's dependent. I think he could get by without him. But I think uh, when I say dependent, I, I think it, him operating at his optimum level is dependent on his dad being there. I think his dad, yeah. you know, helps him with a lot of decisions. He keeps him calm. He, you know, at the right times, he, you know, maybe pushes them to pick his game up at the right times. Um, not, not to say that there's not detractions from that. I've seen Tony, you know, maybe come off as a negative, uh, influence a few times, not, not a lot, but a few times I have. Um, but I do think, 
you know, if you weigh it out as a, as a whole, I think that it's a positive thing for his dad to be there. And I think results-wise, it's, it's been shown as that also. So, Well, there was that time um, that Tony stayed away from Mike on purpose. Roger, Everyone thinks Roger DeCoster is so great. He can have Mike. Here he goes. <laughs> and what happened? Mike struggled until his dad came back. Then he started doing a little better. It's, yeah, uh, this was last year in Supercross when he wasn't making mains. Right, right. Although I still believed that that was a gigantic master plan. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I, I, to prove I, it once and just to prove it once and for all. Just, I'm going to purposely uh, leave, purposely have Mike suck. I'll program that into him before I leave. Well, I mean, nothing. Uh, Mike, Mike himself is a good guy, good kid, but you can see that he's been raised in a van his whole life. Racing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you, it becomes sort of a Svengali sort of situation just by default. And that's what it is in this in this deal. You're absolutely right. It does. It Tony does help him. Now you can debate that all day long, but that that's true. I believe so. I feel like in the past, so if Mike has gotten fifth, people on the sidelines have been like, if he didn't have Tony, he'd instantly be getting second. Like they're it, you know like no different than if you mm-hmm. gave a privateer a factory bike, how many positions would they make up? Right. Like it was a foregone conclusion that Tony was holding him back. But I'm starting to think maybe maybe that's not necessarily the case. In fact, maybe it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, got a feel for Crayer Meets this weekend, 21 22. That's tough ah. when you ride both motos and just ah. miss out on the points, huh, JT? That's a tough, tough deal. Yeah, I've, I've done that before, and well, I've done that every weekend this year, but. Yeah, um, but, I mean, so close, he, being so close. He passed me. Yeah, he, he passed me the second moto, and I was, I finished pretty close to him. Um, man, I was just, there was just a, such a you know, capitalism versus communism war waging in my head, man. Yeah, it was a yeah. real conundrum for me. I, I, I didn't know whether to try to walk in behind him and find his pace or just, just try to clean him out, right. you know, for for, for Westerners everywhere. And your mechanics so. yelling, throw the goddamn towel! Throw the towel! <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Cole Thompson did well in one moto. Good to see. 14th, although he was 12th, looking good, and he hit the wall. Ooh, he was tired those last few races. Welcome to America, Cole Thompson. Welcome to American Racing, I should say. Jimmy and Chisholm got him. Um, but he he was a strong twelfth until he, until he got a little tired. I feel like why uh, is he not? Uh, huh? Why is he not in Canada? Because he's got balls. He wants to see what he can do what down is- here. Yeah. All right. Don't even start. Don't even start. No, I I mean I feel like. I feel like he could be a contender in his own championship right now. Yeah, he can be. I mean, I, but he, he knows that it sucks up there, and who cares if you're the if you're the best Canadian? Let's try to make it on the world stage. Yeah, but I feel like you can. If he went up there and did well on that stage, it could parlay into a, a better deal down here easier hasn't, hasn't than just showing up. Hasn't helped Colton Fossiati down here. Hasn't helped Colton Fossiati. No, that's not true at all. Why? He's tried. That is not he's true. tried. He's because he, Colton Colton didn't take advantage of the the, situ- the opportunities he could have taken advantage of. There were people that would have hired Colton Passiotti. Yeah. I don't know. Um, hey, Colt Austin's doing it on his own right now. I'm just saying, if he went up there and did well in Canada, he wouldn't have to do it on his own down here. God bless him. Um, yeah, you're you're missing the point. No, but, I'm not. Okay. I'm not missing the point at all. Um, hey, uh, I felt like there was a really good story brewing with Derek Anderson. Got ninth at Texas in a moto, and JT dared me to go interview him, and I did, and I really felt not like, dared. I said you should. You said you wouldn't. Definitely not. You dared. go. You shouldn't. You should, but you won't go interview Derek Anderson. But anyway, well, that's just more. That's more of a comment on your personality than it is a dare. I took it as a dare, and I went over there and did it. Suck it. Um, he's kind of struggled though since. You know, Lakewood was his home track, and he did okay. I think he went 16-16 or 14-14 there at, uh, at Lakewood, but he kind of struggled. He didn't score any points at high point. I don't think he even qualified, to be honest. He didn't qualify. Yeah. No, he didn't. Did he crash or something? Or I mean, No, he... he was just off the pace. He, he didn't uh, – yeah. his lap times weren't good in practice, and then he was in that concert I was in. Yeah, so – and this weekend, 27-21. So, uh, Derek Anderson – He's got to pick it up if he wants to be. If he wants guys like Wygant to talk about him, or guys like Mathis to interview him. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Let's move on to the two fifties. Or anything else about four fifties? Uh, I was just gonna say about Anderson. He passed me the second moto, and yes, he was going faster than me, but it was not the ninth place at Freestone Derek Anderson that I saw. Right. So I don't. I don't really know what's going on with him. Two fifty class. Baggett two one. Roxon three two. Um, we just talk. Let's touch on Roxon. Uh, he's one lap shy, two laps shy of leading the most laps in that class, but he has not yet won a moto. Hasn't been able to get it done. If you're Ken Roxon, are you uh, are you suicidal or are you happy? I can't imagine that he, at 18 years old, is so good at the mind games that when he says that he's not bummed and explains that it's, hey, I was getting third at every race, and this week I got second, and at least I'm fast enough to lead laps. That's what he says. He doesn't act super bummed. I cannot imagine that he's a good enough actor to actually be bummed but not appear to be. So I'm going to defer to him and think that he's not that bummed. Now, that's not necessarily a good thing because two weeks ago, a rider who I won't name, but I believe he is known as the greatest of all time, had leaked out a theory that these guys are too happy when they don't win. So um, are, should we be bummed that he's not bummed? Is that the way it should be? Well, the guy who was the greatest of all time won so much that it was ridiculous. So, you know, for him, second place does suck. <laughs> Good point. But, um, Good point. I don't know. I think, But I feel like the theory on him, that, that I think a lot of people think that, like, Hey, good for him that he's you know taking it on the chin and, and keeping his or keeping his chin up. But then half the people are like, the guy shouldn't be keeping his chin up. He should be pissed off that he's getting beat. He's the world champ. Such a perplexing story, this Roxon thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's like when did world champions all of a sudden get you to the to be the first place guy? That's I mean, my theory. Yeah, I mean, Baggett won five races last year. Do, do for some reason we're supposed to assume that Roxon was on a level above that? Right. Baggett won yeah. five of twelve nationals here. If anything, and I know there's probably some Euros listeners who are going to get mad at me, to me that puts Baggett at a level higher than Roxon. I feel like the racing here is at a, a notch above. That's it why is. those guys come here. It is. So, yeah. well, ask, ask I, I think Roxon's I mean, doing great. What, two times? Two-time world yeah. champ, Yeah, right? two-time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's he hasn't even got on the podium in a moto yet. Yeah. So. Three, 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 and two. No, three, 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 and two for Roxon is fine. But, man, yeah. he's been close. Oh, my God, he's been so close. Well, it goes well, back to that 3.1 you know, moto average that we talked about. Yeah. I mean, that's, if that's what you're going off of and that's, you know, that's good enough to win, then how are you going to be overly bummed? You just got to be there every time. Yeah. Yeah, and he certainly has been. Baggett's got his starts figured out, though, which is, could be scary. Um, yeah, I was going to say on Roxon before, oh, yeah. before we move away from him. Um, as much as I want to say that everything's gone well, and I think it has, and people that think he's doing poorly are overreacting, still, though, if you have three straight motos in the bag late and give them away, you get caught or you crash, maybe I'll just address one of JT. I mean, that's not good, right? Like, three times in a row that happening, like, that is a problem, isn't it? It's not good. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's a problem as much as it is a problem of what to do about Blake Baggett because if you watch the lap times when Baggett caught those guys, he went significantly faster at the end. I mean, they, he was doing 202 at the end. I mean, those guys, those guys couldn't see 202, you know? It was just like, what is he doing now? Like, I think the pace that Roxon was going was fine to win until Baggett was like, all right, I'm out of here now. You know what I mean? And then, he was doing 202, and then, like, the next best lap was 206, and then Tomac and those guys were 207. I mean, it wasn't even close. You know, it was a big, big, big difference. So I don't think it was anything Roxon, like, fell off or got tired or did anything wrong. It was just more of, um, I think it was more of just an outstanding performance and just a crazy ability to elevate his game at the end of the moto by Baggett. Yeah, so we should be praising Baggett. For being incredible instead of bagging on Roxon. Yeah, I think Roxon held his deal. He wasn't. He was better than everybody else, and he didn't really fall off as much as Baggett. Just went from, yeah, yeah, this, you know, the lead piece pace is great, but I'm just gonna kill everybody now. I mean, he was just right. out of there. Crazy. Hmm. So does any? We're still all. I think we all pick Baggett to win this title. We're still all agreeing with that, especially after this weekend where he put five points on everybody. 
Uh, I said Barsha. Okay. Oh, Weezer. So, You're Jack. Barsha, three straight first moto wins, and can't back it up. What's going on with that, Weege? What's your opinion on that? It's really strange. He's talked quite a bit about bike setup, second moto, trying to figure it out, struggling with bike setup, second moto. The track's going to be rougher, and we're trying to figure out how to... Um, I don't know, it seems... I feel like you don't hear that very often, or as often in the 250 class. Um, yeah. Especially when you're talking about the... Not even talking like his setup's off all year. We're talking like the setup's good enough to win, and then an hour later it's not. Yeah. Like, I don't... Are those guys... Are the guys that are that young, are they even good enough at testing to know the bike is that off? It seems like a bizarre um, drop-off. What do you think, JT? Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I, you know we, I didn't get to see him too much because they didn't show him a lot in the second moto, so I couldn't tell you if his bike was really handling that poorly or what. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously he's if he's if he's making that big of a deal about it, something you know he must not be comfortable with something because the first moto he rode awesome. I mean, he'd never let Roxon go, and then uh, made it you know made an incredible pass on him, which you know is kind of controversial. And then when Baggett was trying to make his run, Barsha you know held it at bay. I thought you know he didn't he didn't have any of it. He didn't let Baggett really put a wheel on him, so. Uh, you know, maybe there's some weight to it because the second moto didn't seem like he was the same guy. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of motos left, and if they don't figure that out, it could be could be a factor as far as, you know, because Baggett obviously has the second moto figured out. So, Getting back to... He said now he has it figured out. After the second moto up, now he's figured out what it was, and it will be fixed. That's what Barsha said, so we'll oh, see. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> a lot now. Of- Hey, what, what the the two week break is going to change a lot of things at Redbud because everybody you talk to that isn't named oh, Ryan, Regal, yeah, Regal yeah. Chisholm, uh, Jimmy, <laughs> Top Jimmy, uh, Barsha, um, Musquin, Frankie said Musquin, uh, yeah, a lot of different, a lot of things are going to change at Redbud. We may see the standings completely flipped. Joey Peters, Miles Tedder, and Mitch Doherty may go one, two, three. Can I win? Can I win the 450 class? You will be in the hunt. You will be in the hunt. Yes. Um, oh, I need. Hey, getting back to the bag at rocks and thing. One thing that disturbs me, if I'm a German fan of the German, is the fact that okay, Tapia held up rocks in a little bit. It did hurt him. I think Baggett was going to get him anyways. But one thing that would really disturb me is the eight seconds I believe that Baggett put on rocks in immediately. That's a little. Like, you think if you're rocks and you're like, ah, you know, Scheiser, I just got crashed. I just got passed. You know, I, I got to hang it out. And, and okay, Baggett's going to pull away. But eight seconds, JT, that's, that's a little worrisome. That tells me that Roxon had nothing left. Well, that's what, that's what I was talking about when Baggett dropped to a 202. Those guys were all doing 205, 206, and then, you know, Tomac and those guys were 207, 208. And Baggett just dropped to a 202 like nothing, and then just was like, "All right, later." You know, I I still don't think that it was just a huge drop off. Yeah, I think that Baggett got him, and then was like, dropped the hammer. I'm just like, this is you know, he laid it all, everything he had, and Roxon was like, "Uh oh." Yeah, you know, that's. I mean, uh, I don't I guess, have anything yeah, to that pace. I guess you were kind of saying that. I just meant more like, yeah, like had nothing, not even close. You know, five seconds is huge. So at one point on that yeah, lap, I mean, toward the end of that lap bag, it actually looked over his shoulder. I think like, wh- <laughs> wait a minute, why don't I even hear him behind? Well, where did he go? Yeah, like I think Baggett was almost surprised a little bit. I think he got jacked by lappers after Tapia though, too, didn't he? Um, I believe. Yeah, not like that I almost the very next section he got jacked again. Um, that might have contributed a little bit, at least. Poor Marvin Musquin. He goes 4-4, gets into the big four group, but still gets fifth overall. <laughs> hey, look at me. I'm in the big four. I'm in the big four. Uh, no, you're fifth overall, Marvin, still. Poor guy. He had a good day, though. One of his best days, I think. He's, I mean, he doesn't have those guys' at speed, but, you know, that's he's eight, 18 miles ahead of the next guy, you know, yeah. ahead of uh, – um, the next group of guys of Anderson, Hahn, and, and that and that group. 
And for those that don't go to the races and get to see these guys, he may be the nicest guy of any rider out there. Like, eerily nice, like too happy. Like, yeah. don't you feel that way? Like, it's yeah, he's amazing yeah. how good an attitude this guy has. Yeah. He always thinks his English is bad, but to me it's pretty good. So. Remember he was bummed at you at one point because he felt like he, like, a lot of riders are like, oh, I don't have to do interviews, I don't have to do media. Yeah. The less is, that's better. But for him, he was bummed that you weren't coming over just to say what's up. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, wanted to do that. Yeah, that's what he told Frankie. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, that's a lot of riders cool. would like like to just let me on fire. You know? Yes. Um. Never mind. Want to talk to me? Yes. Brett Metcalf, though. Brett Metcalf. Gotta love Brett Metcalf. Wait a minute. What? I now see the equation here. JT you might not be aware of this. On the show, it's pretty much of a tradition to pretty much not talk about Metcalf. And then suddenly Metcalf complimented Mathis's writing over the weekend. Yes. And now I've realized we fell into the trap <laughs> and we're forced to talk about Metcalf much more than usual after Maddie, that. Maddie, Maddie, Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you edit out that part now that I know what, that I've been had? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'll leave that in. Um, you, you asked me, I think, three questions about Maddie. Now I know why. Mm-hmm. Good guy. Good guy, that Brett Metcalf. Uh, Jason Anderson's doing well. Why can't? Um, and he re-signed with Rockstar Suzuki, from what we understand. So he'll be there. Uh, he's getting a whole. He's he's figuring this thing out. It's a hell of a lot better than Jason Anderson of last year. That's for damn sure. Yeah, it's like you got uh, Muskin is uh, whatever a uh, a minus. Like there's four A guys and there's a minus, or maybe he's a B plus. Right. And then for everybody else. I'd say Anderson and maybe Will Hahn have maybe shown the most yeah. um, of everyone else, which is yep. that's not too shabby. Yeah, I keep waiting for Wharton to do something, though. I'm a, I'm a Wharton fan. JT, I know you are, too. Or maybe that was Ping. He was jacked up at uh, High Point. I think he was pretty banged up coming in. Yeah. He crashed a lot at High Point. I, 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 I think that uh, Wharton's going to come around. I think Wharton can be that fifth-place guy, if not better. Yeah, he's he's had some bad luck, right? He's seemed like he's crashed out a bunch the yeah. last little bit here. Yeah. Um, but he's certainly capable. I mean, obviously at Texas he was really good, um, and then you know it's just been kind of a downhill little struggle he's had here. Mount Morris, he had that big get off and the right. downhill stair step stuff, and then this weekend I think he crashed on the start, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's easy to forget that he's capable of being up there, but I'm sure he'll, you know. Battleock's not going to go on forever. He'll be back up there. Alex Martin uh, didn't have a good day considering where he started, and at high point he starts were on point too. So um, Alex Martin, I feel like – I talked to Chad Sanner, his, his team owner, and he said that he, he doesn't mind Alex crashing because he feels like Alex is trying to push to that next level. And he's crashing right now, but he's going to figure it out. So let's hope he does. But uh, do you agree with that, JT? Is that something that could happen? Yeah, I mean, there's there's something to be said for that, but if you crash every mode of the whole year trying to get to that next level, then all you end up with is crappy results. Right, so, right. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, he I think he was second place when he crashed um, the first mode of this weekend, which is a bummer because he, you know, could he had a shot at seeing what he had to stay at the front, you know. But um, I can tell you if you keep getting hole shots like that and – you're finding that speed, it's going to come. So, you know, hope, I, I'm cheering for him. I, I like Alex. I hope he hope he can get it together. And it's not like he's doing terrible. No. He yeah. just, uh, if he wants to be at that next level, you know, he's going about it the right way. Yeah. Just hopefully, you know, injury or something stupid doesn't catch him before he gets there. At the same time that we were talking about that, Chad Sanders sent me over a video from Jesse Nelson's GoPro of the start. And Martin gets an all right jump. Gets the third, and it is see you later. I mean, he just dusts everybody from there. So, pretty, pretty, pretty good video. Uh, if you want to see eleven ten horsepower going at it. Um, Weege, what about uh, Ivan Tedesco finding the going a little tough now, and, and he had a bad crash in that second moto. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You don't want to see that. There's, there's certain you don't want to see anyone get hurt or anyone be on the ground. But I think certain guys make you wince more than others. Yeah. And it's usually usually the older guys. Yep. You know, like when you see Wyndham down at a supercross, I think it concerns people more than some nut job in the lights class. 
Um, Jeez. You know, nut job in the. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> some nut job. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you get some kid that's like, oh well, these guys are crazy. These guys are wide open. They'll learn their lesson. You know, they're tough. They'll bounce back up. But when you see it happen to a guy, I mean, Ivan's what? Is he 30 now? Something like that. Yeah. Close. Yeah. You know, and he's obviously taken quite a few hits in his career because he's been around. That I think it concerns you a little more. I was glad to see that he was actually pretty much okay, um, but it didn't look good at first. I dare you to use that this weekend in, or at Redbud in the telecast. Look at that nut job. Nut job lights, guys? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't only because it's 250 class. If we had, I, unfortunately. That's what? What do you mean? Wrong name. See? It's the wrong name. I can't use nut lights. Sorry. Oh, that's you the use... only reason I won't say it. Oh, yeah. Lights class. Yeah, good job. Um, hey, by the way, when they do um, all these interviews with the riders before the year begins, like they bring in like every rider mm-hmm. to the Lucas Oil Studios and have them talk about, well, I don't want to say every because JT's probably going to be like, they didn't ask me. Right. Is that true? I haven't seen you on one of those features yet. Anyway, they bring some riders in and have them talk about the different tracks or talk about roofs, talk about start stuff that will just be relevant throughout the year. And all the 250 guys call it lights. All the guys call it lights class. And then we have to correct that on the air. Well, by lights, they mean 250s. So oh, Jesus. Lights is going to be harder to break than you think. Well, I mean, listen, there's already so many stupid things in this world that why not just keep adding to it, compounding it on top of one another, all the stupid things that, that we have to do and have to happen in this world. <laughs> um, You've got, like, world hunger, um, like, gender inequality, and calling it the lights class. Yes, thank you. JT, Phil Nicoletti, Filthy Phil, finally had two motos put together all right. Yeah, for sure. What was the first one? I know the second one he got ninth, I believe. He just said he, he faded. He, he got 14th, but he was 7th. Okay. So he wasn't yeah, too, that's right. I, I remember what Yeah, he wasn't that. too okay. pumped on himself for that. But, uh, man, that guy's had some bad luck. But, um, you know, and, of course, he, uh, his start, he missed the start. He missed his calling for the start in the second moto, and then his whole shot device broke on the line. So, you know, it wouldn't, just wouldn't be a national without filthy Phil having some bad luck going his <laughs> way. Uh, but he, he soldiered on, got a, got a ninth in the second moto. So, uh, would you hire Nick? How, where would Nicoletti be on your list, JT, if you were to hire a 250 guy? Like, you know, sort of a. What team am I working on? That's the problem. You're working on a good team. Like. Like uh, Pro Circuit Rockstar, yeah. that level. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think he's. Um, you know, for, if I'm Mitch Payton, I'm not ready to hire Phil Nicoletti yet. Bullshit. Um, Bullshit. Okay. Well, um, you asked my opinion, but I, I do think he's. You know, he's approaching that level where somebody's going to be willing to take a shot here soon if right. he keeps this up. Um, I just don't think it's going to be maybe the best team. I don't think it's going to be Geico or it's going to be Pro Circuit, but I could see, right. you know, and I, and I hate to say it's a step down because I feel like Star Valley program is really good, but they're not winning races either. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, somebody like that might be willing to take a flyer, <clears throat> excuse me, a flyer on somebody like that. And uh, you never know. You don't you know what you're going to get, you know. It's hard, to, it's hard yeah. to say. People have. In that situation, you can you know I've seen it go both ways. I've seen them do nothing and ride well, off into the sunset, and I've seen them start getting podiums. So there's always you know. I mean there's always Davalos too that is out there that Mitch felt like he should give a six shot to. You know. Well, I don't think you can look at speed wise and results wise and and everything like that and really compare Nicoletti and Davalos right now. I I don't feel like that, but mm, okay. I can understand what you're saying. Right. With Davos. What else, Jay, uh, Weege, what else do you want to talk about? Talking about Malcolm Stewart? Talking about Matt Moss? Talking about the return of yeah. Sean Hackley? Yeah, that's a JDR team. <clears throat> still having still having to go pretty rough. I, I told them to use Moss as the uh, one to watch in our second moto on TV. Because he had done pretty well at High Point. I think he was in the top 20 in both motos. Yeah. It's pretty good coming off the couch. Yeah. And uh, but then he was barely in the top twenty this time. I thought he'd actually step up a little bit. Um, you know, maybe be around like a twelfth, thirteenth, or something. Mm-hmm. I think he got nineteenth. Did he do seventeenth? Did he do all the races for Rockstar Suzuki in the four fifty class? Did he do all the nationals or no? I can't remember. Yes, he did. He did. He did. So he's been to Bud's Creek before. 
and high all these places. Yeah, I practiced with him he that, did every that round, and was that invisible yeah. even doing every race? That's impressive. Say it again. I'm sorry. He did every round, and was that unnoticeable? Like I figured, he just missed half of the races since he didn't realize he was out there. He yeah. was there at every round. Yeah, he was there. He just didn't, you know, he was, like, getting, like, 12, 13, something like that. Wasn't, uh... I don't think he even got 12. Wasn't doing that great. I don't think he even got 12. Something no, he did. I remember Mount Morris particularly. I know he got 12th in a moto, 100% okay. there. You All know, right. I don't know every result he got, but All right. All right. when you're practicing with someone every day, you tend to watch the results a little bit closely. But. Oh, he was at... Whoa, you were riding with him back then? Yeah, in 2010, he stayed at Chad's shop, so we were all riding together. What the hell happened? Like, uh, the week, was he good? I don't know. Like, was to be he, honest with you. Was this one of those deals he where, was like, fast oh, you were practicing? He was really fast. That's what I'm saying. It's one of those, you didn't see the real him on the races? Is it one of those deals? Well, I think he's, I think he's capable. He's, he's been really fast at times. Um, you know, I, I don't know if he just has a hard time putting it together. I mean, you see him get a podium in Supercross, and the next week he's 15th. You know, and then... Yep. Uh, you know, I know he had, uh, he had like a stomach surgery. Um, that's why he missed these first few outdoors. So I'm sure he's nowhere near hundred percent right now. So I think it's early to write him off for this season. You know, he had some decent super crosses, but what we were talking about 2010, I, I have no answer for you. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. I don't know no what clue. he was doing. I have no answer. Nothing. Can't even respect. I don't think anyone no. does. Well, he was fast when we'd ride here, and then you'd go to the weekend and just be, you know, I'm be, be watching. I'm like, dude, that is not who I watched ride this week. Right. So, I don't know. Um, I feel like uh, this, the, the the star Yamaha guys, we could maybe almost uh, take Will Hahn and Durham when he gets back, and now Gannon Audette, who came back this weekend from a Supercross injury. Maybe we could, like, we should have a team of guys that got discarded by star who are, who are actually still pretty good. You know, ahead of the star guys. Yeah, currently, usually. yeah, yeah. <laughs> usually. Um, really kind of a fun, fun game to play. Guys, the star guys, riders that the star guys gave up on. Let's do their career averages versus some of the guys they have on their team. I don't think Gannon did did very well. Well, not this weekend, but I feel like I mean he just came back from a wrist broken wrist from the opening round of Supercross, so I feel like he. Well, you were kind of up. alluding to they gave up on him and he's killing it. Oh, well, I, he was a rookie last year, and I think he got 13th in the points. Yeah, I'm not saying that he no. deserved to get fired, but I right. I don't think you can draw a conclusion that they they wrongly fired him, and now he's just like, you know, right. oh, it was a huge mistake. Well, so. yeah, no, he got injured. You're right. I just look at, like, Jason Anderson could have got fired from Rockstar Suzuki. Yep. And they yep. didn't. They were like, hey, this guy has got a pedigree, and he, he um, you know, he didn't uh, – he, he – he, he struggled a little bit, but we're going to stick behind him. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think you have to look at what their, what companies have invested in guys, too. I mean, they have, they've, Jason Anderson's been a work in progress for a lot of years mm-hmm. to be, you know, at that level. So, I think the, the trigger finger is much slower to pull on a guy like that because you have to look at the years you put into him and, oh, well, you're just going to give up now, you know, we right been building, building, and building this guy since he was on an 80 or 60, and now we're just going to quit. No. We, we know we can still do it. He, what, he didn't kill everybody in the amateur class for no reason. Right. So, okay. Uh, I think it's just a different level of commitment that they have to guys like that. Kind of like you determining on whether you're going to uh, um, pull a plant out of the ground or keep watering it and reseeding it. Or was that a terrible analogy? Uh, I don't really like it, but okay. I think it's terrible. It. Because you have to come up with the parallel of the plant that you raised and grew and then the one that you've only had for one year. Like, I don't know how you can really parallel that. Oh, wouldn't you be, closer, you wouldn't you be closer to some plant that you, you, you planted a seed in and you watched it grow as opposed to some Home Depot plant that you just put in the corner because you needed, thought that corner needed some, some brightening up? Yeah, but you didn't explain that. You just said kind of like a plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, good point. All right. Fair analysis. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, all right. Anything else, guys? Do we want to – anything else to talk about? Bud's Creek? I'm planning on coming back totally different and much better for Red Bud. A two-week break. Yeah. It changed everything. I'm going to Canada this weekend. Either one, <sighs> either one of you guys want to go? <laughs> um, 
Is there any chance that Jamie Beswick won't be at Redbud? No, he'll be there. Why can't already? You might have to find you, you might have to find a way to to hijack or screw up travel plans. It's on the docket right now. <laughs> Is, are we ever going to get Georgia? All right. Are we ever getting Georgia? Um, that's I, another NBC show. So we'll have um, Tiffany, who's the NBC reporter, there. So everything is on the line for Millville. That's the next race, right? Georgia's going to get yep. Wally pipped, dude. She's going to get Wally pipped. Well, I mean, Could I have happen. to say everybody Could likes happen. Georgia, but the, the previous girl, you know, Kelly, who did the first four rounds and mm-hmm. did a really good job, yeah. and at that point you're already starting to build some camaraderie with the crew. You know everybody. They're familiar with you. You know, I think at this point a lot of people are like, well, wait, the other one is going to be brand new again. Why break in another newbie? Well, we've got someone who's done a good I, job. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's still Georgia's job to keep, so I think it'll happen if the paperwork goes through. But I, I can say that when someone comes in and does a good job four times, it makes people start thinking. Well, the one thing with Georgia is you're not, teach, not. you're not teaching her the basics of the sport like you were with that other chick. I mean, she's got, you know, she's at the races. She knows yeah. what's going on. But, but she's going to get Wally pipped. I'm telling you. Well, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. I, it's not necessarily fair, but at the same time, you can't expect people to have a newbie come in, do great four times, and then say, yeah, because yeah. we know that Georgia knows the sport, but I bet you half the people on the TV crew don't even know who she is. You know right, what I mean? Right, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, all right, JT, well, what are you going to do for your weeks off? Are you, are you still motoring down, or are you trying to get away from it? Yeah, I'm going to try to get uh, as much time as I can and uh, you know, come back, and it's going to be a, a whole new me at Redbud. Wow. Well, that's going to be a whole new me, too, then. I feel like I'm left out, so you'll see a whole no, new No, I don't know. I'm going to ride some and then yeah. try to take the weekends off and enjoy life a little bit. And, right. You know, I don't know. Obviously, try to get better, but, you know, try to take time off, too. It's been a rough five-week stretch, you know, I think for everybody. Yeah, it has. Physically, so. All right, guys. Thanks for doing yeah. the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast Bud's Creek wrap-up uh have yourselves a nice couple of weeks off, and uh, we'll reconvene after Red Bud, we'll, we'll, where we'll, we will be all new. All right. See you right later. on, guys. See ya. Thanks. Later. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.